Welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks, a podcast about Hero Clicks and other Hero Clicks related content. My name is Chris Britton. This is episode 176, and let's go! Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Welcome back, guys. Uh, Joining me in the studio today, I have uh, my best friend on my podcast, Calder Ness. What's going on, Calder? I'm your best friend? Yeah, surprise! Yeah, all right! It's going great, Chris, it's going great. Good. Uh, We also have a guest listener in the studio with us today. We're going to play some games, do an interview, you know, the usual works. We have uh, Brian, can you tell me your last name? I forgot to ask. Uh, It's Poling. Brian Poling. Welcome to the Dial H Studio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. You know we love meeting our, uh, our listeners, so... Let's start off with uh, an interview, and we will go from there. All righty. First question. Uh, how did you get into the game, and or when did you start playing the game of Heroclix? Uh, so it was 2013, like a couple months before Fear Itself launched, and my buddy Chris called me up, and he's like, man, I just found this new game. You should check it out with me. And uh, so I went and did that, and he did uh, – I don't know, two or three events of uh, Fear Itself with me and then decided the game wasn't for him. So uh, I stuck it out anyway, and I've made a ton of friends through it, and I wouldn't change anything. So hold on. Your friend got you into the game and then bailed on you and was like, sucker? Yeah, like like three months <laughs> later, and then he was like, come play War Machine with me, which is like, you know, Warhammer. And I was like, that seems really expensive. I oh, didn't realize how, how expensive Heroclix was going to get, but still. Yeah. <laughs> Warhammer is like ten times more expensive than Heroclix. Really expensive. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've ever actually taken the time to look up how much just one one team costs in Warhammer. It's oh, in, it's ridiculous. It's insane. So. Yeah. At least we chose the cheaper of the tabletop miniature games. Yeah. Exactly. What a... Uh. Okay. Right. So uh, what what was the let me ask, since we're still on that, like, when you got in, it was Fear Itself, that was the set that you got into? It was, yeah. Like, uh, I, I bought a couple boosters of the the Batman set, and I got myself, like, a, a Green Lantern Batman, and I uh, was super excited about that. And then I did all six months of Fear Itself, and actually, the final event for Fear Itself was on my wedding day, and my wife let me go before the wedding, what? and I won the Serpent. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And you won the Serpent on your wedding day? Yeah, I'm under strict orders. I'm never allowed to sell it because that is part of our wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That that really is like the happiest day of your life, man. That's awesome. It was. Like, she even actually put the serpent on our, our table in front of everyone, so it was great. <laughs> Hell like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the wedding. Man, you've got a cool wife. I do. Relationship goals right there. Relationship <laughs> goals. Uh, uh, Calder, you've got some questions, too. Go for it. Yeah, uh, what's one of your favorite pieces in the game, or combo pieces? Um, so it's it's a combo that I've used, and it's really not that effective, but it is so fun when you pull it off. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, the 120-point Nick Fury, um, but from the same set, you also have Druid, and um, you get him to, like, click three, and he can now let 
Nick Fury shoot through walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just so much fun because, like, it's the only thing that stops Nick from doing anything is, you know, walls. They share keywords, yeah. right? Or or not? They do. Yeah, they they have, have shield. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's hard to pull off, but when you do it, it's really fun because people think they're safe hiding behind something. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if if you had to pick like your one overall favorite piece that you've ever played with, or it, it's the serpent, isn't it? <laughs> no, you know I've actually never used it. Really? I, uh, what? No, I haven't. I, uh, I have not used it. No, my uh, favorite piece, honestly, would have to be Nighthawk Prime because I just love the look on my opponent's face when they realize they get no modifiers. Are you a huge Squadron fan too, like me, or you just like that piece? Uh, no, just like that piece. I'm. I, I tend to, to concentrate on, like, what pieces are effective, and, you know, that, gotcha. that's a very effective piece. Yeah. Okay, so that is your most favorite. Uh, what are some pieces that you just hate playing against or you, or combos that you hate seeing used against you? Um, so my buddy PJ was the originator of the drone team, the, the all the Ultron drones. And I hated that with such a passion. I could not figure out how to beat it. Like to this day, I, I'm still scared of it. Which which uh, Ultrons are you talking about? The the movie one or no the the 30 point drones from the uh, oh. Age of Ultron uh, event. Oh yeah, the ones that counted as 120 points for calling yeah. purposes. Yeah, like I I to this day I still don't know how you how you beat them. Uh. Yeah, no, I just, I had a buddy, and there the Ultron from the movie set. I, if I remember correctly, he's got wording on it, so it makes it so you can continuously bring back Ultron drones. And mm-hmm. that piece was very clearly meant to be played in a timed setting. Uh, so if you are not playing a timed setting game, a time set game, then the, you you literally cannot win against that that team. Because it just yeah. keeps generating more Ultrons, and you can't ever beat them. Right. Yeah, that's not fun for anybody. No. Calder? What? Isn't that like a Hawkeye that a lot of people use as a call-in? I was just thinking the metagame, they were like using the Hawkeye as a call-in that took care of Ultron drones, right? It was like the Age of Ultron Hawkeye. Anyways, pass that. Yeah. Are you more of a – speaking of meta, though, are you more of a meta or casual player? Um, so I tend toward the meta, um, which is a problem because of the venues I play at. I don't play with meta players, but it's really hard for me to get out of that mindset. So I, uh. they generally have to talk to me every couple of months and be like, hey, don't bring that thing again. <laughs> You're that guy at your venue. <laughs> I, I don't try to be, but there's like an arms race because there's always someone that brings like something crazy. Like Unimind shows up a lot now, and I'm like, but I don't want to lose to it. Uh, yeah, and man, I called that from day one. You remember that Calder? I was like, man, this yep. guy is dumb powerful, and now he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, you, so you're speaking of your venue. Oh no, I'm sorry, Calder. You have another question before that. Wow, man, killer. I was trying to, what? I was trying to step on you. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion on the state of the game? Um, I think it's overall pretty good. The 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 couple of top pieces that float at the absolute top of the meta, I think, are bad for it. You know, um, Jakeem and and Unimind and stuff like that. But I think overall, if you just look at it as a whole, it's it's pretty good. 
you know, we've got a great community. Um, you know, the WizKids seem to be putting more effort into making the pieces and listening to us. And, I mean, what else can you ask for, you know? Yeah, uh, so, yeah. So kind of piggyback off of that answer, you said that we have a great community, as in the HeroClix community as a whole, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, I was really afraid to get into the competitive HeroClix scene when I first started because I had a bunch of friends that played, like, Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff. And just hearing how toxic those competitive environments can be. And then I went to my first HeroClix tournament, and the players couldn't be nicer. It was amazing. I wholeheartedly nice. agree about that. There, there is a night and day difference between the HeroClix community and, like, Magic. Yeah. Not to say, now, if there are listeners out there that are Magic players, I used to be a Magic player. There are some really great Magic players as well, but I just, I've never run across the same level of toxicity in HeroClix ever that I ran across in, in those, on a very regular basis, I might add. So, that's just my two cents. Where, where, are, you, uh, where are you hailing from? Where's your venue at? Uh, I'm in just outside Detroit in Michigan. Um, I play at two different venues. I, I play at a place called Pandemonium. Um, and then the place that I play more often now is a, uh, a comic shop uh, called Big Ben's Comic Oasis. And uh, we've got some decent players out of there, like former state champ is out of there. Um, so there's some, you know, some skilled players there, which is really good to, you know, keep me on top of my game. All right, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I don't think Calder and I, we don't get the opportunity to delve too far into the meta, but... It's always really interesting when we get to talk to somebody who's really heavily into the meta rather than casual, just to like pick your guys' brains and see the differences and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm into it, but like, don't expect the same level of like breakdown that you'll get from, say, like an Adam Friedman or a Daniel Powell or, or PJ Bolin. Like, I kind of follow what they do because they are way smarter than me. Gotcha. Um... Calder, do you have any other questions before we move on? We got a lot of games and stuff to play, so. Uh, yeah, no, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, is there any last thing you want to say before we move on, Brian? No, I'm I'm just really looking forward to this. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, no problem, man. Love meeting you guys, new, uh, all of our listeners and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? I do. I have one last question. Are you the only nope. person in the venue at the venues that you frequent that listens to us, or do you know other guys that do? Um, no, most of the people listen to or will technically watch Married with Clicks. Mm, okay. So that's like the only thing they really do because they'll put it on at like YouTube at work or something like that. Can't blame them. Can't blame them yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, they've been on yeah. Dial Edge a couple times now, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously you got to start telling them that you need to listen to that they need to listen to Dial H for HeroClix. Duh. <laughs> well, I definitely told them today. Cause I was like, I'm gonna be on here. You better listen. Hey. Yep. Okay. Well, let's move on. We've got quite a bit of news to go through before we get to the games. Not a lot actual HeroClix related news, but that uh, movies and TV shows and stuff that are coming out. Man, it is a great time to be alive if you are a comic book fan with all of this it amazing yeah it, it's insane so let's let's start off with uh the star trek news which i believe the set it it already dropped right correct me if i'm wrong on that the what do you mean the flight tactics yeah um, the tactics drop tactics four 
on the realm I they actually so. have uh let's see 16 of the ships already up there and i think there's 25 of them and let's see in the article that i read it said that there are 25 ships and they're all separate sculpts so at least that's cool that is pretty cool i, I wish they would have done that for uh what if yeah no kidding oh jeez. <laughs> um I will say this, though. They've already ruled, WizKids has already ruled that these ships will not be modern legal, nor will they be golden legal uh, by anything that WizKids runs. So I, I actually tweeted out about this a few days ago. It just seems to me like WizKids is shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. It's, you make things modern, it makes more people want to buy it because they might be able to use it in, in modern. So what were you guys thinking about that? Um, maybe they're just trying to keep the same pace, like with all the other Star Trek tactics. Just like whatever, they're all just going to be unusable, pretty much. Maybe they just thought that'd be easier than just making one of the sets modern. I don't know. I, I feel like once they said after Ninja Turtles that everything from here on out is going to be modern, they should have kept it that way. But what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, I, I I agree 100%. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to use Heroclix as your base rule set for something, go ahead and make it modern compatible. Like, I, I know it seems silly to have a small version of the Enterprise chasing the Joker around a map, but, I mean, silly is what makes this game fun. I can agree with that. And we have already have a precedent of making an exceptionally big thing, scale it down so it fits on a Heroclix dial. Because, like, the Kaijus and the Jaegers from Pacific Rim make no sense to be that size, but, I mean, everyone was kind of okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, 100%. So... That's about all the news there is on the Star Trek front. Um, did you guys get around to see the new uh, Black Panther trailer that came out, right? Oh, it is I looking indeed. amazing. It looks so good. Very uh, very technologically advanced. It's looking like they're making Wakanda for this movie. Uh, also, man, did you guys see the multiple different Black Panther costumes within just the trailer itself? What? Yeah, that was insane. It was like he's Iron Man or something. It's crazy. Right? I'm I'm very, very excited for this movie. I think it's going to be great. And from what the trailer is delivering, it's going to be beautiful to watch. They are making Wakanda look exactly like it is supposed to look. This technological slash nature paradise. It's like amazing. <laughs> so... If uh, anybody out there has not gotten the chance to watch that trailer, make sure that you go and watch that trailer. Moving on, uh, we got confirmation that since they did push the Punisher back, we thought that it was going to be on, what did we say, the 10th? The 10th, yeah. Um, it's one week later, so not that bad. November 17th is when it is going to release. So, Brian, are you, uh, we already, Calder and I are like really for Wicked Pipes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you um, a, Yeah. A huge Punisher fan, so I've been super excited about this. I, I do think it's kind of a uh, kind of a mean move by Marvel, though, to release that the same day that uh, Justice League comes out. But you know, I'll watch both of them the same weekend. So. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I th it's it's actually a pretty smart tactic. Maybe it's a little mean, but business wise, it's yeah. it's a smart tactic. <laughs> I get why they're doing it, but I, I I love Marvel and DC, and I don't want to see them take each other down. I just want to see, you know, all the things I love. 
Yeah. It's like watching your parents fight. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, you know, everyone always wonders when the next time that Marvel and DC are going to get together and do some crossover comics, right? You remember? Back mm-hmm. when you had – it was, man, early 2000s, late 90s? I can't remember when that crossover happened. Uh, but there has been like two crossovers. One yeah, was like a four-part issue. But like when is, when is that going to happen again? Oh, not soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know it would make so much money if that ever happened. They would be just printing money at that point. I don't know why they don't do it. Basically, yeah. I don't know. If there's anybody out there that works for DC or Marvel... And you listen to this podcast. Right now. I don't know why you would be, but if you are, just saying, (laughs) this is a good idea. Um, Okay, all right. Moving on. Uh, Inhumans is still in full swing. I let's see they're up to episode four. Have you guys gotten around to see that? I have indeed. Uh, yeah, I watched the latest episode today just before I came on actually. Awesome. So without going too far into the spoiler category, what do you guys think that they're doing right for the show? What do you think they're doing wrong? Uh, one thing I think they're doing right is I really do enjoy like the costuming and really like the subtle sort of changes they did when Karnak gets there. It's not really a huge spoiler, but he's, like, wearing a hoodie. Like, that's sort of his look in the comics currently, so I thought that was really cool. The green hoodie and the white beard or whatever he's got on. And then just a lot of the character interaction, uh, Black Bolt is is killing it. Like, just the way he looks at people is uh, the eye acting. Is is that what it's called? I have no idea, but it's great. I'm loving Black Bolt right now. Well, it's not too often we have to watch a character, and they have to actually tell you the story, what they're trying to get across, literally only using body motion. No voice, nothing, no sounds at all. And I think he's doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, I I think it's alright. It's not the best thing that Marvel has put out. Um, It's definitely not the worst. That's Iron Fist. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we just... Everyone craps on Iron, Iron Fist. I'm right there with you, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. Um, I do kind of feel like Anson Mount is kind of wasted as uh, Black Bolt, though. Like, if you guys watched um, Hell on Wheels, he's such an intense actor. And, like, that voice of his is just amazing. And then you put him in this, you know, role where he can't even talk. And it just feels so wasted. But other than that, I mean, I'm liking it. Like, the fight scenes, just to go away really quick, fight scenes are actually not half bad, and... I've never heard of Immortus before, but I'm loving him. Loving that guy so far. Mortis? Yeah, yeah. I really... Mortis, Mortis. Not Immortus, but yeah, just Mortis. So, um, I, I don't know if this is actually a comic book character or if they made him up for the TV show. Do you guys know? Uh, I'm not an Inhumans fan. I, I do wish they would have done something better with his costume than, like, laser face. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just weird. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, he basically has a welding mask on his face, and when he tips it up, a laser thing comes out of it. Like he's like the destroyer, just. Yeah. Yeah. But his uh, his uh, personality doesn't meet at all with what he looks like. Have you guys noticed that? No. No. Yeah, he's. I I kind of like him because he's a smart Alec. Like he, he smarts off a bit and. That part is awesome, but like I said, I just his costume could have used some help. Yeah. Yeah. So it, Calder is that in agreement with uh, with Brian? Why one of the things that 
you're not really digging on Inhumans? That's one of the one things. Like, I, I sort of like the subtle costumes, and other times it's just like, yeah, you guys could have tried a little harder on that one. I have noticed, though, that the at first I was not super keen on the actor who plays Maximus. Or, yeah, Maximus. Like, I thought he was doing an okay job, but as the season is progressing, I feel like it's getting better. Yeah, see, that's another, like, wasted thing to me, because, like, if you guys watch Game of Thrones, he played Ramsay Bolton. Right. Who's the most evil character in Game of Thrones, so, like, he could be so much better if it wasn't on, like, network television, where they could really just let him loose, but... That's very true. But the thing is, let's be honest, Game of Thrones is some of, like, the best writing that has come out in, like, the last, hell, 20 years. Yeah, I... I'd put it right up there with Breaking Bad. It's fantastic. Which I'm almost done with Breaking Bad, by the way. Uh, we're we're getting there. But um, any last thoughts on Inhumans before we truck on? Nope. I'm good. Okay. Uh, we also got not not a full trailer, but like a movie spoiler kind of thing. Hellboy is coming back for those of you that don't know, which I am super excited for. Uh, there's going to be an R-rated Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen coming out. Um, I don't know if we have an official release date on that or not. There, I don't even know how far they are into the production, to be honestly, to, to be honest with you. But seriously, another Hellboy. Hype, yeah? Super hype. Super hype. Uh, yeah, I, I love Hellboy. Um, I have not read the comics. I, I will preface it with that. But, uh, you know, the movies were really awesome, and I hope they keep – at least some of the same feel while still going R-rated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be sweet. Go, go on. Colin. I'm kind of with you too. Yeah, I'm kind of with you too, Ryan. I haven't read any of the comics, but I loved the Ron Perlman stuff. So, and I'm excited to see the sheriff guy from Stranger Things. Yeah, David Harbor. I, David I think it'll be great. I, I agree. We don't have much information yet, so this is pretty much just a, a announcing that it's going to happen. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for it. I've read a lot of Hellboy uh, in in the past, and it's a very. By the way, if you ever do get the chance to read Hellboy, you will fly through those through those comics. There's only like four words on a page, but it's written so well with such a small amount of wording per page that it it's very impressive. How uh, Mike Magnola, I think, is how you pronounce his last name. Good stuff. Uh, and then lastly for the news section, and this is something that Brian mentioned earlier, the Justice League movie is going to be dropping on the 17th of November. Um, I am I'm getting a little bit more excited about it because I think it's getting closer, but I'm not a huge DC fan, so are, are you guys excited for it? I'm pretty excited for it. I, I just really want it to be good, you know? It's, it's kind of the same thing where I don't want them to drop Punisher in them on the same day because I want to see them both, like, flourish. So I really hope that Injustice is just a solid movie. Like, after Wonder Woman, they gave me a lot of hope. So please, please, I'm so excited for it to be good, at least. Um, and it's looking I, really good. Yeah, I, I really want it to be good, but, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the director's name right now. Uh, the dude that did, like... Joss Whedon took over... Right, Some but the one those. before him. The, yeah. I uh, can't remember his name. Anyway. Zach? Zach, Zach Snyder? Snyder. There yeah. we go. Yeah, he, uh, I think he would be a great director of photography, <laughs> like, you know, being in charge <laughs> of the camera, but don't let him anywhere near characters or story. 
Um, so I'm a little nervous about that. But I'm loving the scenes that I'm seeing so far. And then having Joss Whedon come in and do some reshoots, um, he'll lighten up the mood, which has, I think, been the big problem with the DC movies, other than, you know, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah so did, did you guys notice that there were jokes in the trailer? Like, yeah. The trailers? And I was like, what? Really? Okay. I'm, I might be able to dig this a little bit more. I thought that the, the previous movies for the DC cinematic universe uh, – they were too dark, too gritty. It, it almost made it yeah. like I don't really want to watch this. It's it's not fun to watch. Right? Yeah. So, like I said, with Joss Whedon taking over, hopefully it'll be that lighter tone that will just make it better. From what I read, and if if this is true, uh, Joss Whedon came in, did a bunch of reshoots for areas of the movie, scenes of the movie, and dropped about fifty minutes from the movie itself. So wow. it went, yeah, it went from like two hours and twenty minutes or something like that, something up there, about there, and then just dropped fifty minutes of it. Yeah. So, okay, I wonder what will happen. They probably will not release a uh, a theatrical version and then also a an expanded version like they did with uh, Batman versus Superman. But maybe they will. I don't know. If they think they'll make money, they'll do it. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's probably true. All right, let's move on and play some games, have some fun. Uh, we are going to start off with Bad Samaritan. If this is the first episode that you've ever listened to of Dial H for Hero Clicks, Bad Samaritan is a game where I have chosen three figures. They're all modern age. And we have in front of me a list of clues that I'm going to have to pull up because somehow when I restarted my computer earlier, it disappeared. But this list of clues will... Uh, a random number generator that Calder will give me a number from will dictate what kind of clue that I give to this uh, uh, to these guys. These guys are going to get one guess per round, and every round that they – I'm sorry, three rounds later, if they do not get it by then, I will have won. Does that make sense? I hope that made sense. I'm trying to do too much stuff at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so – uh, Calder, you want to cover me for just a second while I pull this stuff up? Absolutely. And just a quick reminder, when I do give Chris the number, he's going to tell us what it corresponds with. And you can go ahead and pause the podcast before me or Brian say our guesses, just so that you can formulate your own answer and then go ahead and hit play again so that way we don't ruin something for you. Fantastic. All right, I've got it pulled up. You want to give me a number? Absolutely. 18. 18 Starting it off right. is a free play. So... For a free play, you can pick any one of the clues that are on this list, things that include but are not limited to team ability, point value, set, set number, rarity, etc. So any one clue you want to know about this figure. All right, Brian, you think you want to go set? Uh, yeah, 100% set. Absolutely. Set it is. Okay. This set will be the newest Deadpool set. Ah, all right. Okay. Good set. Bought a lot of that set. Oh, dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Man, I already picked my three figures this week, but I remember last time we played, you said you didn't know crap about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I should have chosen all Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures. Oh, jeez. This is cold, man. (laughs) And horrible. Okay. I can't even get their names right, let alone try to guess what's, like, actually in that set. I'd have had you covered on that one, so it's okay. (sighs) See? I'm like, that's what we need these listeners, yes. I'm going to go with asp uh okay it is it is not asp 
Okay. Um, just because there is a ton of them in there, I'm going to go with Deadpool. It is not Deadpool. I All figured. Right. Not Deadpool. Calder, give me another number. Number 14. Number 14 is opening attack power. It is a special attack power. And let's see. I'll, I'll block out their name. I'm not going to give you what the name of the power is, <laughs> and I'll All block right. out their name. Blank can use super strength when making an object attack. Damage dealt is penetrating. That's Grizzly. That is Grizzly. All right, good job, man. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I, good job, sir. He's really cool. Play him on a soldier team sometime, guys. He's awesome. Pretty fun. All, All right. right. Next figure, first number. Clickety-clack, number 12. Number 12 is any special combat symbols. No special combat symbols. Yes, good for me. <laughs> oh. Who's going to throw out the obligatory Batman guess? Batman. <laughs> hey, all right. It's not Batman. It's not Batman. Is it? I feel like last time you said no special combat symbols, it was someone from Elseworlds. I'm going to go with the Clockwork Man. I didn't even know that was a figure. So that's definitely someone I'm picking in the future. Uh, but it oh, is not Clockwork Man. <laughs> okay. It's something like that. Anyway, okay, no, next number, six. Six is named keyword, Serpent Society. Ooh, all right. This 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 100% helps because I own all of Serpent Society. I need to I stop picking so Serpent Society figures. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rattler. It is not the Rattler. Oh, okay. Man. I'm trying to remember who they are, even. Um, oh, you, you want me to go? We have Diamondback, we have Ass, Black Mamba, there is... Isn't there one, is there Puff Adder? Is that one? Yeah, there's Puff Adder. But Puff Adder is... I can't remember if it's Puff Adder or Cottonmouth, but one of them has Indomitable, but they share the same skull. You can, you can go with Puff Adder. I, oh, I don't know. I don't let me. I'll try Puff Adder. It is not Puff Adder. Ah, okay. All Third right. Third and final clue. Third and final clue. This should help us. Number four. Number four is set number, and it's number eleven. Number eleven. So now I have to remember who in the world. See, because it could be the ones from Deadpool, or it could be the ones from whatever, um, Superior Friends of Spider-Man. This is, this is a dangerous, dangerous game we're playing here. Yeah, wasn't there Anaconda? Was that another one? Anaconda is one, but I feel like she was an uncommon. Yeah. Because she was like, because we had Black Mamba and Rattler, I think, in the commons, so I didn't think they did three. I, I, I think it's going to be one from Deadpool. I might... I kind of want to say Asp again, but just to not, I'm going to go Diamondback. Is that your final answer? My final answer is Diamondback. It is not Diamondback. Oh, all right. You got, you got this one, Brian? You got this? Uh, No, because I uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll go Black Mamba? No, 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 no. Oh, I could have told. Okay. Yes, that can be his answer. Is, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you guess. Uh, I'll let you guess, Ryan. Okay. Brian, Brian, she is like, 
I know, I know, one hundred percent. She's not number eleven. I, I want to say you should go with Asp. You do uh, not have to take. It's like trusting the banker or whatever. I, I will trust you because I do not know the Serpent Society, so I'll go Asp. That's a good guess. It was Asp. Yes, for you, Chris. Yes. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. All right, all right. I want to get one. That's uh, that's one for each of you. That's good. I need that's to. Good. I, got, I need to get. I got severely coached to get it. So maybe a little bit of cheating because I did not want you to answer, but I'll take it. All right. New, next clue. Yep. Five. Number five is rarity. It is a common. A common figure. I okay. love when you get these horrible clues. <laughs> I love it. Really bad to waste our first guess on. A uh, common figure. I, man, just choose some horrible generic or something from like the latest set or whatever. I don't know. We'll go with like Zombie Shambler. Something. It is not the Zombie Shambler. Alright, I'll go with uh, Gunfighter. It's not Ooh. Gunfighter. I think I've co- I've done that one before. Uh, I? Yes, uh, you have. That's the one that fooled you, Calder. <laughs> you did fool me. Thank you. Thank you. I have to bring it All up right. I'm sick of losing. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Next number. Oh, jeez. Number four. Number four is so set number. That number is 13, eight. which sucks because you already know it's a common. That's so helpful. <laughs> a common number 13. Yay. Uh, we, this is, this is going to be a tough one to pull out. I am thinking, was, was Stiltman a common or was he an uncommon? I can't remember. I wanted. See, that's. Would he would he choose someone that was like everybody kind of collected a lot of though, especially since he probably has super obvious traits. He probably wouldn't go with some man. Or would now? Let's see what else. I think he'd go hardcore generic. Hardcore generic. Yeah. He already did the Warrior of Asgard once. So I don't. And like the other. Like Warrior Spirit is like an uncommon. But that's the beauty of this game, Calder. I can pick the same. (laughs) Figures every week if I want to. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just to try and throw you off. That would be a horrible tactic, but it would probably really, really mess with me. Okay. I just like playing with your head, man. <sighs> I hate you. I'm going to go with Mercenary from Deadpool. Okay. Uh, Brian, do you have a guess for this round? Uh, I'll go with Ninja from the same set. It is not the Mercenary, and it is not the Ninja. <laughs> Okay. All right. Final clue. What is Let's the final hope for clue? Free play. Oh, jeez. Number one. Uh, team ability is number Yay. one. X Men. Ooh. All right. The the low point common X Men. See, we know it's a common number eleven X Men team ability. Okay. Colossus was a common. I'm like 90% sure. Storm for sure was a common. Wolverine was a common because he had an no, uncommon. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's number 13, not number 11. I, I, oh, yeah, number 13. I was, I'm sorry. I was, oh, I was confusing myself. You I said number 11. I said 11 else. earlier? Or no, said you 13. said 13. You said 13. I was thinking back to ask when you said 11. I'm just, I'm confusing myself now. So what you have right now is it is a common. 
It's number 13 in the set, and it has the X-Men team ability. That's all you got. I, I'm not loving these ones, Chris, and I know I'm in charge of this free of numbers, too, and it's just it's not great. <laughs> really, we, we got all single-digit numbers this round, and the higher they are, the better, which just kills me. Yeah, because but, uh, 17 what? through 20 are free plays. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, so there's a bunch of Marauders in the commons, and it's not those. You see, we know it's an X-Men, but which which one? Because there's, there's way more than two X-Men in the commons. Yeah, I don't even remember which X-Men's I, which X-Men were in what. So I know I'm pretty sure you used Storm before, or maybe not. I don't. Dang it. Okay, this is just this is cruel and unusual. I, I this might have unusual. this one on you guys. We might all I walk away with points tonight. This is yeah. This is a those are horrible, horrible clues. I'm just gonna go with Wolverine, just because I know he's okay. common. Brian, what's your guess? Uh, I'm gonna go with Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Okay. Ooh. I finally got a point. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, zero thirteen. You go, girl. From Deadpool. Yeah, I know, right? If you would have gotten wow, if you would have gotten the trait, like name of trait, I'm pretty sure that you guys would have been able to get. Yeah, that. it's it's more than just a mutant bus, right? Yep, I'm more than just yep, a mutant dang bus. Yep, That was right. that was a good, that was a solid game of Bad Samaritan. Could have been better. We could have won, but <laughs> could have been better. We could have stomped Chris again. Yep. But you you got to throw him a bone every once in a while, right? That's true. Oh That's man, true. come on. <laughs> All right. Well, that's how you play Bad Samaritan. Let's move on to our next segment of our show, which is called Casual Comparisons. I have everything I need up for this, so I don't need to stumble around on my words. Casual Comparisons is a segment where we pick, we actually let our guests pick every time we have a guest, a figure, a character in comics that has been clicked, and we pick three iterations of that character, same universe. We compare those three, we vote on them, and see which one is Dial H's official Casual Comparison. This week we are going to cover The Punisher, so that's really fitting. We were talking about the show earlier. So, Brian, do you yes, want to do you want to pick one of these three figures that we decided to talk about and sell them to me? I will. Um, I picked uh, Avengers Defenders War 009, the 50-point uh, shifty, shifting focus Punisher. Um, he's got an 11 attack with a special attack power. Um that lets him fire a rocket, you know, because he's, he's the RPG Punisher, um, does four damage to the targeted hits and three damage to all adjacent friendly characters, um, which is the most Punisher-like thing I can think of, like, you know, taking out huge groups of bad guys. Um, he's also got the Marble Knights, um, so he can either be a wild card or his attack value can't below go below a 10. So, I mean, he will always have a decent attack value if you want that. He looks pretty solid. He is, I mean, an 8 range right away to help you really get the RPG off is pretty great. He does have two clicks of 9, so if you choose to do the uh, 10 attack, it's actually more useful than some of the Marvel Knights. Because sometimes they only have, like, one click of 9 attack or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for 50 points, this is a pretty solid Punisher. The only thing I don't like about this Punisher is no top-dial movement. 
Yeah, I wish but, he at least had, like, stealth top dial. That would make sense. That would agreed. make a lot of sense. That'd be, that'd be really helpful. What were you going to say, Calder? Super stealthy, just coming out of nowhere. The one thing that's cool, though, is he plays amazingly with the Punisher van, since the Punisher van has running shot. So oh, he could yeah. actually running shot after the Punisher van. Just like he's a drive-by. I love that. <laughs> Um, okay, all right, let's move on. I am going to cover the Civil War OP number 25 Punisher, not the exceptionally meta uh, stealth Punisher, as everybody <laughs> knows. But, uh, the one that has a really sweet sculpt that looks like he's just like – he's slinging his gun like he's in the movie uh, Wanted. Oh, yeah. He's like, bending bullets and crap. Curving bullets. Uh, <laughs> Coming in at 80 points, we actually have the Spider-Man team ability. Six range, double bolts with six clicks of life. He has two traits and a special attack power. Top dial, he has the special attack power. Side step, willpower. Trait number one is called locked and loaded. At the beginning of the game, place three ammo tokens on this card. When Punisher KOs an opposing character, place an ammo token on this card. Clip number, uh, I'm sorry, trait number two, empty the clip. When Punisher targets one or more characters with a ranged attack, he can remove one or more ammo tokens. If you do, when making the attack roll, it can't be rerolled, and you roll an extra d6 for each token removed, When then choose two dice for the attack roll. Can I just go out on a limb here and say that's one of the coolest traits of all time? Uh, yes. Like, <laughs> I'm so... If this would have been on any figure, I would have liked the figure. It wouldn't matter, because this is just a really cool trait. And then a special attack power is Deadly Barrage. Give Punisher a power action and remove an ammo token to make a ranged attack. Then make another attack. The first attack doesn't activate the damage depletion modifier. Well, that's not a thing anymore, so that last sentence doesn't matter. But a power action to make two ranged attacks in the same turn, uh, that's pretty freaking sweet. So two clicks of uh, sidestep, two clicks of that special attack power, two clicks of that willpower. Then he switches into more of like that run-and-gun Punisher that you, you see, which we're guaranteed to see in the Netflix series, where he has running shot, energy explosion with 10 attack, and toughness. So it's like his Kevlar vest, I guess. And then he switches back into a very familiar Punisher if you played back during the Ultimate set. Um, stealth, Blades, Willpower, and Outwit. He's got the anti-registration, Marvel Knights, and Soldier keywords. Uh, 11, 10, 10, 10, 10, 9 on the attack, so it it dips a little bit, but I think that this is a really solid Punisher, and it's got the really... Is that the outfit that he was wearing during Civil War? Because I thought he was wearing a more updated outfit than that. I thought he had, like... Most of it, he had, like, a ski mask and all sorts of weird stuff on. Right? Because most of the time he was, like, all stealthy and just didn't even do anything during Civil War. So, I don't know. The, the two things that I remember Punisher doing in Civil War, one, bringing Spider-Man down into the sewer to drop him oh, off yeah. with the, the anti-registration group. And then that then the other part is where he went into stealth mode and had that, like, ski mask thing on and he had to sneak into, what was it, the Baxter building, I think? Yeah, Baxter building. So... I don't remember. Maybe somebody out there knows. Tweet us in and tell us. Uh, last figure, Calder? Hey, it's the Deadpool set. Dead. Oh, Chris, I just realized you chose all the stupid from Deadpool. Anyways, oh, I hate Chris. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I chose number 11, uh, 12, and 13 for Bad Samaritan from the Deadpool you're, set. Uh, <laughs> you're the worst. 
Anyways, the old Deadpool set... God, I hate you, Chris. The old Deadpool set Punisher is the most expensive Punisher on this list. He's clocking in 100 points. Six range double bolts. He has sharpshooter and indomitable. He has a trait. The guilty must be punished once for all characters with disability. Each time an opposing character hits a friendly character, put a guilty token on the attacker's card. When Punisher attacks a character, modify Punisher's attack value by plus one for each guilty token on the card, and his damage value by plus one for every two tokens on the card. So it's essentially penalizing your opponent for attacking, not even killing or anything, or damaging, just attacking a friendly character, or hits a friendly character. So he has a special attack power for his first three clicks, which he has running shot for the first two, is Frag Grenade. He can use Energy Explosion. When he does and targets only one character, damage dealt is penetrating damage. So that's really awesome, especially since he has, well, I would say especially since he has two bolts, but it doesn't really matter anymore. And then for his first two clicks, he has Concentrated Fire for his first two and last two clicks. He can use Ranged Combat Expert as a ranged combat action. That's sweet. So, yeah, he can do Energy Explosion, Penetrating Damage, and Ranged Combat Expert. So he only has a 10, 10 attack and 2 damage. But if you start to stack up his Ranged Combat Expert that he can use as a ranged combat action and his Guilty Tokens, you can actually get this Punisher rolling into some pretty high combat values. He's 6 clicks long. He loses Frag Grenade after his first three clicks. Uh, his last four are all stealth. His middle two, he loses Concentrated Fire and he gains Outwit. He has Toughness for the first three and then Counter Reflexes for the last three. He's a very simple Punisher on his dial-wise, but when you start looking at all these other abilities, they really kind of make him shine. Uh, he actually has Marvel Knight, Soldier, Thunderbolts, and Heroes Fire for keywords. And that's what I would say. This is an amazing Punisher. I, I just love the whole guilty must be punished thing. That seems like a very Punisher like aspect of him. It that should I like be to see said after, that you like, cannot use uh, your ranged combat expert with multi bolt. So don't forget that, because obviously ranged combat expert limits you back down to one bolt. Well, I mean, you want to target a single character anyway for the penetrating damage. So yep. right. So no, he he's okay. I like him. Here's what I, my major complaint about him is. He's wearing that stupid red. Yeah, emblem. that that is probably the worst part is that he's not the classic white skull Punisher. He's got the he's the Thunderbolts one. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys get around to reading the, that uh, Thunderbolts run with Deadpool? <laughs> no. And, and God, it was it was not good. <laughs> like, I think they honestly just picked a bunch of people who were red. And they're like, hey, let's just throw them all on the same team and see what happens. Oh, and we'll just change the Punisher's logo to a red instead of white. Why did, did they make the leader, like, red for that and not green? Like, what happened there? I don't even know. You know, honestly, I, it, it, wasn't rem, it wasn't memorable. It was not good. Plus, I'm pretty sure the art was – I can't remember who did the art for that. Maybe it was Dylan or something, and I hate that guy. But <laughs> – I hate that guy. Very passionate about my art when I when I read comic books. Um, okay, let's get into the voting section of casual comparisons. Calder, you want to start us off this week? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say this is probably one of the hardest casual comparisons we've ever done because I love the Punisher. Maybe not as much as Brian, but I've played all of these Punishers. They are all amazing. I've played them all in sealed. I've played them all in constructed. This is like a super hard choice for me to make. 
But I have to go with the Civil War Punisher because, man, he was fun. It's it's fun rolling that many dice. It, it really is. Does that feel like Punisher and to you? It it does, actually. I'll tell you why. Because his dial switches in, like, modes is the real reason I like it. He starts off heavy. He goes in. I feel like this is, like, shotgun Punisher towards the middle. And then he goes Blades Willpower. And I really like the Blades Willpower outwit stealth stuff at the end of the dial because... One of my favorite, like, Golden Age Punishers is a Secret Invasion Punisher who has a very similar late dial to me. Okay. When he gets, he starts off just, boom, ripping the place apart, and he goes in, shotgunning people, then it's like, stabby, stabby, here we go. Uh, I do want to point out that I appreciate WizKids understanding that Frank Castle uses all kinds of weaponry, and every one of the figures that we chose tonight, he is current, he is carrying a different type of weapon. So in, in the figure that Brian chose, he's got a, a RPG. In the figure that I chose, it, it appears he has two Uzis. And then in the figure that Calder chose, it looks like he has uh, two pistols. Yep. So that's that's fun that they, they know to switch it up. Brian, what is your vote? Um, You know, honestly, Calder sold me on his. Yes. That, uh, that seems... Very Punisher-like, um, especially being able to use ranged combat expert while doing it uh, to up his attack. Um, you know, dropping a grenade in the middle of a group of enemies. That that's, sounds like the Punisher to me. Before I vote, uh, I, I do want to give an honorable mention to a Punisher that I think skirts under the, most people's radar. Uh, M15015 punisher the one that's 45 points and has the weapons cache where he has to run around the map and like pick up weapons caches i just think that that was so fun <laughs> he's not great he's not the best but just the idea of it was like i've seen it in action and it's just funny to watch you're just moving around the map picking up these weapon caches that to me feels like something that uh frank castle would do because he plans ahead you know he before he goes into an area and does anything he goes and stashes weapons in those areas because he knows that there's going to be a firefight. And then when he's fighting, he's like, I already know where the next weapon is to grab. So I thought that was fun. My vote is actually going to be for the Civil War uh, Punisher. I just – I really like that he switches in the mid-dial. Though I will say this to go back to Brian. The, the idea of a shifting focus Punisher makes 100% sense because that's what Punisher does. He's just a human. He doesn't have any power, so he's constantly switching up what he needs to do in that moment to make sure that he can get the job done, mission accomplished. But I just I, – I don't know about that trait, man. Empty the clip is just like the coolest trait in Heroclix history <laughs> to me. So I, I'm going to go with that one. So, uh, Dial H Official Punisher 025 from the Civil War set. Pick I can live up. with that. Pick yours up somewhere for probably like $15. I don't know how much it is anymore. That's a rare. It's probably like 2 bucks. No, dude, the Civil War set was expensive. Was it? Really? Okay. Here, look it up. I'll keep chugging along. Actually, I don't know anything. I'll look it up. I can go. <laughs> well, we actually have a new segment that we're going to do on oh. the podcast tonight. I believe it's a pretty short segment, but we're just going to filter this in every once in a while. Calder, you want to explain it to us? Yeah, absolutely. So the segment is called Alter Egos, where I will share with Chris and Brian the alter ego of one character that has been made in Heroclix history, and they need to guess 
who that character's alter ego is. So I'll give them the real name, and they have to guess the superhero or supervillain name of that character. How many guesses do we get? Uh, I would say one each, because I'm just going to tell you straight up their name. But if you feel like you need maybe one or two, or if I can give you another hint, then by all means... Uh, I'll give you another. I'll, I'll I'll do two guesses for you guys each. Uh, we're, we're, we're workshopping. That sounds fair. We'll, okay, we'll workshopping this. Yeah, it's it's in the works. All right. So this is Earth six one six, and that'll help you pretty easily. It's Marvel, and in famous Marvel fashion, it's like a you know when they have the same letter for first and last. It is Demar Davis. Demar Davis. Uh, is that D Man? That is not D-Man. I know, I know it's not it's not D-Man. D-Man's real name is Dennis Dunphy. Dennis Dunphy. Is this, ah, I feel so bad for D-Man. Dude, I love D-Man. He's awesome. He is great. He's, like, really cool, but then it's like... That headlock trait of his was really fun. I wish I could have gotten that thing to I'd ever never. work for me. See? Same with me. I never pulled like, off. I'd hit, I'd get the headlock token or whatever on him. And then they'd be like, okay, I just have to roll this to get out of it. Okay, I rolled it every freaking time. <laughs> I'm like, God, you're the worst wrestler ever. All right, <laughs> let's see. What, what was his name? DeMar Davis? DeMar Davis. Oh, and while we're doing that, Punisher is $7. Wow, I'm so happy I pulled one. That Punisher is 7 bucks with the card. Cool stuff, Inc. Or if you want to somehow print your own card with no print and play, he's only 6 bucks. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Is Demar Davis one of the Serpent Society? He is not. Dang it. I can tell you that. Ah, uh, man, I don't have an idea then. I'm gonna go with um, Jack O' Lantern. That was a horrible guess, Chris. I'm not even trying to pity you. <laughs> well, okay, who is it? I, I have no idea. Brian, you want to take a shot at it really quick? I uh, I have no idea. Demar Davis is the wonderful doorman from the Great Lakes Avengers. Really? <laughs> what, yeah. What a horrible name. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Triple D's, man. Triple D's. That's a fun. Demar story. Davis, doorman. Yep. That's fun and short. We're doing that again in the future. Um. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Uh, don't forget, guys, that we are an Amazon affiliate, so if we post something on Twitter or Facebook that links you to Amazon, you want to buy something off of Amazon – Follow the link that we provided, put whatever you want to in your cart, purchase it, and we actually get a commission back on that. We don't have a Patreon, at least yet, so of those of you that would like to help out the podcast, the Amazon affiliate is definitely the way to do that. Let's move on to some community, wrap some stuff up, and then we will get out of here. So let's go to the Twitter and to the Facebook for the community question that I posted this week. Which was, if you could talk to WizKids staff face-to-face, what would be the thing you'd tell them to help make Heroclix great? Um, now, I know, Brian, you said you didn't get a chance to answer this on, on Facebook or Twitter. Do you have something that you would say? If you, you got to sit down at the table right across from them and be like, here's, how, here's what I want you guys to do. What would you tell WizKids? Um, you know, less sets every year. Uh, they this year especially they seem to put way too many out and by doing that you know they just didn't put out the same quality of set that we were starting to see so yeah if they could just slow that down first of all my bank account would appreciate it but, uh, <laughs> okay you know that's, uh, I would also appreciate it from a player standpoint it's almost it's too much to keep track of right oh yeah 100 percent like 
you know, I always buy like a case of a new set coming out and I can't do that now. Like it, it's a brick. Okay. All right. You will see that you are not the only one who said something along that line. So let's start off on Twitter. We'll bounce back and forth between here and Facebook. But I well, got one. first off, yeah. What did you think, Chris? What did you personally think, Chris? Like, what think could be better? <laughs> um, too many things is what I thought. <laughs> I would have right. such a long conversation with WizKids. But I think one of the number one things that I've harped on for so long, it's such an easy thing to fix. Why the hell is there no editing of your guys' cards? Why are there grammatical errors on your guys' cards? Like... Just, that really does irk me a lot. Just just read through your stuff. That's that's what I would say. That'd be a, that's a really quick, easy one to fix. Some of these other ones, that, especially these guys on Twitter that brought uh, brought up this stuff, really good points. But would take probably longer to fix. Let's start off with Seth Aaron. Actually, Calder, what what would you do? What would you say? Huh? I would. I want them to do more marketing, like more campaign marketing, like they used to. Like if you have some older comics, like in the 2000s ish, like before the 10s, you saw Secret Invasion ads in those comics. I never see HeroClix ads in comics or anything anymore. I mean, it is a superhero game. You would think that'd be the easiest way to do it. I just they do Sidekick Night and all this other stuff to bring in new people, but really I think they just need to have like better marketing team. Well, they don't advertise anywhere other than their own place. Like they'll advertise that yeah. stuff on the WizKids website, but if you didn't know WizKids existed to begin with, then why would you go to their website to find out about Sidekick Night? Exactly. So, going to Twitter, we have Seth Aaron. Uh, he he broke it down into four points actually. He said, "Stop reusing sculpts." One, two, bring back ATAs. Nothing complicated about them. Three, play test your pieces more. And four, quality control. Quality control and stop reusing sculpts were all in caps. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fair points. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, David Cullen on Facebook. He tell them before a set is released that they should hire world champions to play test and find out what pieces are broken to hopefully correct and balance them. I agree a lot. Yeah. That would have saved some headache over Goblin King and a few others. Uh, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be world champions, but, like, get, you know, some of the, the better meta players out yeah. there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. get them as a collective, and they can tell you what's wrong. You know what I wonder sometimes is if WizKids has – this is almost going to sound like a conspiracy theory – undercover WizKids players that show up at, like, ROCs and stuff to play against the community and use that as their playtesting. They don't do it at, like, their – their shop or their office building or whatever, they actually wait till it hits the you know hits the streets and then they send their guys out to play test it at places. That just seems to me like I that that was a bit that might have been a bit reaching, Chris. I can hear <laughs> X Files music playing in the background. All right, the smoking man would like to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Jason uh, Levine said, "Seriously, stop reusing sculpts." The 15th anniversary sets should have been amazing. Instead, both were underwhelming. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Stefan McCall Beeson. To ban the overcompetitive... Oh, can't say that word. Trolls from ROC... Well, never mind. He's kind of playing about the ROC events. But maybe we just shift this over to WizKids. Maybe to ban overcompetitive people from uh WizKids events he said roc events specifically but WizKids can't do anything about those i don't know about that one but 
It's me. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that one. I don't know if I have ever seen anybody in a Heroclix setting being what I would consider overly competitive. Yeah, not just that. How do you ban competitive players from a competitive event? Yeah. I Okay, granted, if there were somebody that flips a table out of anger or something or puts a hole in a wall, then yes, I could see that. But anything short of that kind of egregious act, I just don't see how that would ever – like, who decides that, you know? Like, you're sitting over there at the table Agreed. going, that guy's being too competitive. Let's get rid of him. What? Yeah. You know, I, I've been to a ton of higher-end competitive events, and I have never seen anyone lose their cool like that. So I, I don't – maybe where he's from it happens, but I haven't heard about anything. I guess there's there's always that chance that it, he accidentally through, you know, whatever, ended up in a bad venue and a bad community and stuff like that. But I've just never seen that. So let's, let's keep on keep on trucking. Dodgers88 said, stop releasing cash grab sets. 15th anniversary Ragnarok that feature extreme sculpture use. Not even different paint jobs in Ragnarok. Shameful. Man, <laughs> this guy seems angry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Edward K. I hope I said that right. He says, that's for a total all Marvel villains booster set. Maybe a hero in each rarity or so, but everybody else's villains. Nah, I'd be all for an all Marvel villains set. It'd be awesome. That would be really cool. Are you, Brian? Are you a huge uh, villain fan at all? I am. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed like these, uh, you know, Joker's Wild and you know the Harley Quinn set coming out. Like, I love that idea. I've always loved the villains more than some of the heroes. Yeah, that, I think that would sure. be a good idea. The only thing is, it wouldn't have those money grabbing characters in there, like Spider Man and Batman and stuff or whatever. So. But the thing is, the people that buy HeroClix are going to continue to buy HeroClix. I, I don't see a lot yeah. of... Yeah. They're going to find what they want out of the set. There's going to be meta competitive stuff in the set, probably, most likely. Every set always has, like, one figure, at least, generally speaking. So it would still get sold. Um, Collectible said, solicit fans for suggestions. Playtest. Have players vote on partial set lists or set lists. Put up gameplay video on the site. Those are – okay. So, well, first of all, um, Collectible, you were the very first person to respond to this Twitter question, actually Facebook question too. So you are, congratulations, the winner of the copy of Wonder Woman that we are giving out or gave out. So I'll get in contact with you and get that to you whenever I get a chance. But back to your tweet. Um, Playtesting, that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> I just don't see that. <laughs> All right. What do you think about having players vote on set lists? I think that could get a little complicated. I thought the voting for like one figure or like one character we'd like to see was pretty cool. Like the fan votes they used to do. Those oh are sweet, my but maybe God, a, I forgot a, that was a thing. A set. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's been forever. I think a set list might be too much. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to have some input on the characters they pick, um, or if nothing else, the quality of the characters they pick. Like, could we never get another Killer Moth again? <laughs> yeah, wow, that was horrible. Well, I think some people want Killer Moth, but them to just do it correctly. Right, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so people have been asking that for years and years, and they finally do it, and 
I can't even describe what it is on this show because it might upset your sponsors. <laughs> it's a steaming pile is what it is. It, it is. Uh, and, and lastly, you said to put up gameplay video on, on the site. Like, professionally done, I'm, I'm expecting is what he means. I, I'm all for that. Yeah, I think that would be cool, but I don't know if I've ever seen some really intriguing Heroclix gameplay that has made me want to sit down and go, I'm definitely going to spend my time watching this game. Have you guys? Do you guys watch Heroclix games play? Um, I normally do. If there is like I'm trying to get like a crash course on the meta, I'll watch T3 or Alpha Strike a lot. Alpha Strike is really cool with their battle box thing. If you ever watch it, he has like a boxy rules Dyson, and they have these really cool like sort of a grid thing, like what characters KO'd on each team. That's really like awesome way to do gameplay. Check those out. Um, I mostly just watch gameplay either to pass the time or just to be like, so that's how that figure works in a game because I can't play games out of any so much. So whenever I'm about to go someplace and do like a little crash course, I think it's super helpful, especially if WizKids would do it. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I totally watch uh, any game that I can get my hands on. Uh, you know, as he mentioned, T3 does a lot. Um, I was a big fan of um, the superhero showdown that Jestix was doing, uh, Pat Yapoko. Uh, that was great because you got to learn from it, and I wish we had some more high-quality things to watch. Yeah. If it became more high-quality, then I might start investing some time into it, too. So I agree with you. Uh, go for it, Calder. On the Facebook, we have Jeremy Clark. He wants them to slow things down a bit. Four major sets a year, two DC, two Marvel, and then sprinkle in two Gravity feed sets a year. I totally agree. And a wider variety of properties. And he said he'd personally love to see an Avatar Last Airbender or Legend of Korra set. 100% agree with that. Yep. Uh, we got a tweet from Jake Robinson, and he's actually on the Rule of Three podcast. He said, less sets per year, up the quality... And a better social media presence. I think we can all agree on those ones. Yeah, they, they were trying for a little while on the uh, social media aspect. You know, they were doing contests and stuff, but that dropped off after just a couple months. Yeah. Sure. So, Sean Phoenix said an online game. Been down that path before. It, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, but man. maybe maybe they could do better. I don't know. Heroclix Online, is that what it was called? Yep, I'm you, pretty sure. I never got around to playing that. So I neither did I. But I heard it wasn't great. Well, I mean, clearly if it failed that quickly. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? Brian, if you had the chance to play Heroclix Online, would you play Heroclix Online? Uh you know, I have actually. Um I got to compete in the uh Two clicks from KO uh, March Madness tournament this year, and we played it all on uh, Roll D20, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's not really what it's built for, but you can make it work. Um, but I would love a platform to actually do that online. It would it'd be so much easier than you know waiting to Sunday to go play a game and try something out. You know, they already have digital sculpts for like all of these figures anyway. So mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> you're halfway there, Wiz Kids. You're halfway there. Uh, I don't even know what this guy's name on Twitter is. It's Pepper P. Chomp, I think, maybe. Stop making click sculpts that are flying without flight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone had to say it, by God. <laughs> so, 
somebody had to. Uh, Carrie or Kari Sampson. When designing a figure, make sure that any effect granting high reward also has high risk, especially Steve's designs in all caps. <laughs> yep, yeah. Uh, that would be a dial H inside, long running inside. Yeah. Uh, that we we just we know that there's some guy that works for WizKids that he doesn't. When he's asked to design dials, he just goes, he just does whatever he wants to do, not thinking about the rest of the game. He just does whatever he wants to do, and always ends up in this like super overpowered character. And we know it's you, and we've always called him Steve. Steve does it. We know. We know that that guy exists. Steve totally made Faust. I know it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Age of Ultron Hulk. Yep. <laughs> All right. My last response on Twitter is from a guy named Jay Sanson. Focus more on synergy and team building and quit making single figures dominant. If I have Jakeem, why do I need all these other figures? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I When they started introducing traits that are shared across multiple figures, I love that idea. I think that they should yeah. run with that, and I think that they shouldn't – they should kind of use those the same way that Magic the Gathering uses their keywords – like, trample has been a thing for years and years and years across so many sets. If you make a trait like, um, let's see, if you make a trait like shifting focus for Punisher, right? We were just talking about him. Make more Punishers in the future that also have this exact same trait so that it, like, brings more value to uh, those older figures, because Heroclix is one of those games that a lot of these figures lose value very, very quickly. But if you upped the value of them by keeping those specific uh, traits around or whatever, it would be awesome. You could like, shifting focus into old stuff, or you can use, like, Marvel Knights trait is always going to be an active trait that they continue to put on characters in the game. I think that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any so more on, let's see. Uh, on, uh, uh, yeah, we have quite a few more, so I'll just try to rattle them off really quick, and Go we can just it. sort of be like, uh-huh, yeah, totally, totally agree. <laughs> or maybe not agree. So Steve Schultz, uh, quite simply, wants to bring back print and play, 100% agree. Uh, he would accept that they even ship the wrong cards from time to time. They totally do. Uh, so having an avenue to actually get the correct one officially is system network. Yeah, just go ahead and print something off your home or office printer. Shh, don't, don't let them know you're using your office printer for that. But yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, I totally want print and play back. Uh, James Peters said, bring back 12 days of clicks mix and desk picks with the Easter eggs. Yes, for the love of God, please bring back 12 days of Christmas or clicks mix. That, that was, was awesome. That was awesome. That was a good time. It really felt like they, they were giving to the community. You know what I mean? I don't mean that sarcastically. I, I really do mean that. Yeah. No, it was really great. Just just seeing the sculpts. It was like, that was cool. Loved it. Jason Potapoff, hope I said that right, never make another figure that pops out bystanders and pogs, especially ones that keep popping them out and after the pog is KO'd. And they really need a mechanic to make sure your opponent scores a decent amount of points when KOing a pog. And if you do, so we are saying resources again, if you do resources again, make equipment that significantly improves the figure's effectiveness and make the point cost feel the same item appropriate to basically having it a trait. So give a figure ESD. If you built a figure, pointed him up, and then gave him ESD for his entire dial, would it only cost four more points? If not, then why make equipment that costs so little to add that to any figure? I sort of see where he's coming yeah. from with that. On the, on the pog thing, when you're fighting, like, drones and drones of devil dinosaur pogs or like the ant-man ants or whatever it gets 
pretty old, especially when you're not scoring any points. Don't say that about my Ant-Man, all right? Oh. Calder. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing! Jeez. More importantly, do not insult my penguin. Oh, jeez. Oh, penguin, yeah. That's another one. He's a pain in the butt, too. Maybe I'm the, only, maybe I'm the only one who's like, Pogs, just kill me. But... Uh, let's see. Dan Davis slow down on all the sets. Uh, I think we all agree that McConnell Lamar uh, just after Dan Davis. I, I don't know if he's replying to that or what it is, but it's a cat saying please. It's a funny little cat gif, so I gotta gotta mention that at least. Uh, McConnell cat Lamar gifts then, always get a mention on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, McConnell Lamar goes to say less overall sets per year, more non-Marvel and DC sets. Focus on less made characters. There are too many Avengers, Justice League, X Men. Uh, in all caps, make a Naruto set, and then he, you know, let him help design it. I don't know if you guys know what Naruto is. I've never seen it, but sure. It, it's an anime about ninjas. All I know is, do you guys remember when G4 TV was a thing? Oh, God, yes, I loved it. I love G4 TV so much, but I remember one episode of, God, I can't remember the name of the, the show now, but they review video games, and they were reviewing a Naruto or Naruto video game, and they just kept making fun of the fact that in that video game, all like every ten words, he was like, "Believe it!" Like, <laughs> just they were just making fun of it so hard. So anytime that's burned into my memory now, anytime I see anybody cosplaying Naruto at any of the like cons that I go to, that's immediately in my head. It's like, "Oh hey, there's Naruto. Believe it!" <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, last one. David Herberger, Chris, you're going to like this one. He would tell WizKids and staff that Predator and Aliens are NECA's biggest selling properties. Why not make them in Heroclix forms? Dude, that's so strange that that was the very last uh, answer to the community question that you got because yep. the one thing we got in the mailbag is from David Herberger. Or is it Herberger? Oh. Yeah. I hope it's just like, okay. I don't he, know said, how it is. Um, he said, I'm a huge Alien and Predator fan. So glad to hear you talk about a need for WizKids to make them into hero clicks. You also have a love for clicks FX. This is very true, David. Uh, what would <laughs> what would make cool clicks FX for an Alien Predator set? And then he gave a couple of um, examples of what he thought would be cool brand new clicks FX. So an acid one that is like a slash marker but could actually cause terrain damage as well. Which I was like, mm -hmm. man, that is so flavorful. Like, if they did make aliens, and then you could give, like, the alien a free action to attach the acid FX to a wall or something, and then at the beginning of the next turn, it, it destroys the wall. Like, that's so awesome. That would be such a cool idea. And then uh, for a slash FX, similar to the bleed ones, and then they said he said a web-like uh, FX that displays Predator's hunting ability to capture prey. I don't know how that would translate mechanic wise into the game but i'm liking where your head's going and then he said not sure about the face huggers i had an idea i was thinking about this when i was reading your question similar to like a those mechanics or those uh some this has been done before but it's usually been a special attack power or something like that incapacitate that adds two action tokens to a figure but does not cause pushing damage because if i mean obviously if you've seen any of the alien movies, as soon as a face hugger gets on someone, they're completely useless, and then they pass out for like two hours and then wake up and it's like laying on the ground next to them. So. Yeah, pretty much. I, like, I think it'd be great if the face huggers like did the end cap thing and then 
like three rounds later or whatever, you got to do mind control on them for free. That would be cool. Although, I guess there have been clicks in the past that require you to keep track of like turn numbers. Um, if I remember correctly, one of the authority did that. It was like on the third turn something. I, I can't remember now. But it would be hard, I think, to keep track, to have too much of that on the board at the same time. If it was just one character doing that and you just had to keep track of one countdown, like this is going to happen in two turns or three turns or whatever, it would be fine. But if you had like multiple of that going on at the same time, I think it would probably get a little bit convoluted and you'd get lost. Yeah, but it just seems so fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> sure, it seems fun. <laughs> I'm just worried about like the mechanics of the game too. So uh, thank you, David, for sending us an actual email in to our mailbag. It's, uh, every once in a while we'll get one in. So I do encourage people out there to email in. It's uh, dialh4heroclicks at gmail.com to send in emails. If you want to send us something on Facebook, you're more than welcome. Just search for Dial H for Heroclicks. We are on Twitter at dialh4, that's the number four, Heroclicks. Uh, community questions every week. Uh, send that in because send in your answers because we're keeping tally for our named super fan, uh, which we will uh, we'll get to that eventually. We're working on some a lot of a lot of things at the same time. Uh, Brian, do you have anything else you would like to uh, say before we head out? Uh, I'd just like to give a shout out to uh, both of the you know venues that I play at, Pandemonium. Uh, thank the judges, Bachman and Dan, at both of them. And uh, I would love to tell the Beardo brothers who give me, uh, you know, a, uh, a call out every time they're on a podcast that uh, they can suck it. <laughs> oh. oh, got some rivalry going on then. Uh, no, they're some of my best friends, but that's, that's the running joke is they say mean things about me and then tell everyone how awesome I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my mistake, I missed one thing that I forgot to mention. Uh, James Martin commented on our YouTube channel, uh, something he said, can't get people to listen, talking about listening to the podcast, cavemen here in South Dakota don't listen to podcasts. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Thought that was super wow. funny. Do you that know this great. guy? Do you, do you know this? There's like six people up in South Dakota, so I figure you all know each other. Called James it. Martin? Uh, no, not okay. personally, I guess. Um Six people. That <laughs> There's like a million cattle and six people that live in the entire state. I'm pretty sure. That's mm. accurate. Se- I, I, just, I just checked the census info. That is accurate. Oh. Nailed it. <laughs> um, okay, but really though, uh, we really do appreciate you coming on to the podcast, chilling with us for, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but thank you for coming on. We appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you for having me. No, Absolutely. It was no. awesome. Uh, if you are at a venue and you listen to the podcast, get your friends to listen to the podcast. We might have you on. We have a growing queue of people we want to get on, on the podcast. We like talking to you guys, talking to the community, making a conversation out of it rather than just a podcast. So uh, that's all I've got. Calder, you got any last words or anything else before we go? Uh, nope, just want to say once again, Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and seal products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
Monkey Peace, 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 Monkey